be with you. As we gather for worship, I invite you to take three deep breaths that your awareness might expand to recognize the presence of the Spirit right here and right now. Friends, let us worship in beloved community. Will you please join me in the call to worship? Friends, we are gathered here in the spirit. We honor the presence of God in this moment. We turn inward to recognize the voice of the spirit calling out from within. We honor the presence of God within us. We seek to look at the world and recognize the kingdom in our midst. We honor the work of the Spirit in the world. Good morning. Would you join me in our community prayer? Holy God, we live surrounded by the allure of power material excess, personal glory, and stories that vilify and dehumanize. Our world reinforces biases we carry unaware, and we can feel threatened when these are exposed. Forgive us for clinging to our partial way of seeing. Let us listen for the voice of the Spirit planted within us calling out to God, seeking connection and our transformation. Let us learn to see with the eyes with which God would have us see, recognizing the spirit at work in the world. Let us be born again, 
from above that earth might look more like heaven. Amen. Our prayers continue in quiet. present God, you walk with us through good times and bad, mountain top and valley deep. Your footsteps are our guide, your hands are our support. We trust in your forgiveness that you have removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. You have knocked and are grateful that you opened the door. We open our hearts and our minds to your spirit. May this time together cause us to love you and especially to love one another. Amen. As we come to our time of joys and concerns today, I do encourage you to share with one another. If you're watching on Facebook, type your joys and concerns into the comment section. Always, you can get in touch with us in the office so that we can be in prayer together. I would like to add a joy that I have, and that is this new stole. If you weren't with us in worship last week, the congregation celebrated my new Doctor of Ministry degree. It was such a fun morning, and I felt so touched by the outpouring of love and support, and this stole was a gift from some of our church officers um, as well. I will be getting a new doctoral robe, also a gift from our church leaders. So just wanted to express my gratitude, my joy, and just share with you what a blessing it is to serve with you at Westminster. Let us pray. Blow, Spirit of God. Blow in our lives and awaken us to your presence. Blow away that which holds us back from trusting, risking, hoping. Blow away that which stands in the way of loving and honoring our neighbors. Blow away that which keeps us from experiencing your grace and your joy. Ready us, equip us with courage and vision for what your spirit is bringing into our lives. And hear us now, O oh God, as together in one spirit, we pray the prayer your son taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
for our time of discovery this morning, I want to play a version of the game Red Light, Green Light. Now usually what happens in this game is people run from one spot to another, uh, competing against each other to finish first. But since we are all spread out in our own places, instead of racing, what I want to do is to invite you to stand up if that is comfortable for you or you can remain seated and you're gonna move your body when I say green light. You can dance, you can stretch, you can clap, you can spin, whatever you want. Then when I say red light, you can freeze. All right, so we're gonna move at green light, freeze at red light, all right? Here we go, green light. You're moving, you're moving. Red light, green light. Red light, red light. Did I trick anyone? Green light. Red light. You get the point. Now, during our day, our daily routine in a 24 hour period, we have times of movement and we have times of rest. During our week, we have times that we are active and busy and we have times that we are resting. Now the same can be true of our land, of creation. There are times when creation is very busy and then there are also times when it's important that creation has a rest. Now in the church world, we often call those times of rest Sabbath times. Not necessarily those times when we're sleeping overnight, but times perhaps when we're awake but we choose to have some time of rest, some time to focus on God. So in our Sunday school lesson today, we're gonna to think about what that means, not only what that Sabbath time looks like for us, but what our Sabbath time looks like for creation. We're in a whole series in Sunday school looking at God's creation. We started with a whole bunch of lessons on water, and now we're into a bunch of lessons about land, about the land that is around us and how we might care for it, including giving our land times of rest. So those green light times are important, but those red light times of pause and rest are also very important. We need to have both. Go now in peace, go now in peace. May the love of God surround you everywhere, everywhere you may go. Our first scripture reading today comes from the book of Romans, chapter 8. Please listen to what the Spirit may be saying to us. So then, brothers and sisters, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received a spirit of adoption. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is that very spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If, in fact, 
we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. This is holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. A reading from John's Gospel, the third chapter, verses 1 through 8. Listen for what the Spirit is saying to us. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh. And what is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. This is holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. Since the beginning of the pandemic, I've detected and experienced to an extent in myself two competing impulses. The first, let's get back to normal. Normal never sounded so enticing. I want to do this or go there or not wear this. I want to go see my family, be with those who I want to be with whenever I want. And the other, let's go back to anything but the normal. For as many people have put it in various pithy comments, normal wasn't really working all that well in some ways or for some people. I don't want to go back to normal. So what started out for those of us lucky enough not to be sick as a excuse to binge watch movies on Netflix or or view video after video of cute animals on social media turned into a protracted examination of our lives and our values and our priorities. Now, of course, there's something right about each of those impulses. While some had the luxury of pontificating about how life should change, others were merely clinging to life hanging on, they were out there floundering, or worse, just trying to get by. And for many of those people, they would do anything to go back to the way it was, even if they too recognized some of those flaws. I hope we now treasure some of the things we took for granted. The gift of a meal with someone, it feeling almost sacramental, a visit face-to-face, -face, not mediated by screens, the importance of relationship. Perhaps we'll cultivate some practices of gratitude coming out of this so that we might treasure the gifts and opportunities we have in this life. And, of course, some things 
are changing and do need to change. It's been a revelatory year. It's not lost on me that this week was the anniversary of the killing of George Floyd. And we've seen how that has asked, uh, caused us to ask deep questions about changes that need to be made. And maybe you've been asking those same kinds of questions, perhaps at a less dramatic level in your own life. Change has come and is coming. In some ways, uh, anticipated in other ways, quite surprising. Think of how differently work looks now and may look well into the future as the result of this. Think about how we live and, and where we live. Perhaps people will start living closer to family members now knowing the price of being isolated for such a long period of time. I was thinking just the other day about how different the experience has been for me of going to the doctor during this time when many of the visits are through a video conference. And it's been a pleasant surprise for me, actually, rather than the drive and the long wait in the waiting room and then sitting there stripped down to your vulnerability, sometimes in a gown entirely on the doctor's turf for understandable reasons. Now, you're not only in their space, but they're in your space. You're in their office, but they're in yours and you're in your clothes. And there's a leveling effect that, at least in my opinion, has really changed the doctor-patient interaction. Well, some changes are trivial, some are more meaningful, some are quite severe. And we may look at this time and decide there are things that we don't want to be used to going, we don't want to be used to again, we don't want to go back to, we don't want to tolerate, accept as acceptable. Martin Luther King uh, said famously as he was talking about the word maladjusted, that there are some things to which we want to remain maladjusted, commit to being maladjusted to. We don't want to adjust to bigotry. We don't want to adjust to the reality of poverty in the midst of so much affluence. We don't want to adjust to the inevitability of violence. We want to remain maladjusted or become more maladjusted. There are parts of the normal that we want to leave behind. It's complex, though. I was reading just this past week about how for some in the disabled community, going back to school is not really good news because for the first time in their life, they were on an equal playing field with their peers. Yet for others, the home was anything but stable or conducive to learning, and so for them, going back to school is a godsend. I would love to hear from you as we emerge from this, what you would like to leave behind, what you would like to release, what you would like to reclaim, and what you would like to reach for. In the new year, we've already planned the new program year in the fall. Some opportunities from time to time after worship for small groups to gather and talk about just the themes that were lifted up in the day's teaching. And I would love to hear what you would have to say about this. Maybe it's time to build your list. What you release, what will you reclaim, what will you reach for? The story we heard today about Nicodemus is rich for those of us 
who are considering what they want life to look like emerging from this pandemic. First, Nicodemus is like all of us. He has a history, comes from somewhere. He's a religious leader in a long and storied tradition. Yeah, that doesn't keep him from, uh, or doesn't cause him to be antagonistic to Jesus, who is bringing this new thing. Although I will say Christians sometimes overemphasize the new and forget that Jesus was in fact a beautiful integration of the old and the new. But Nicodemus isn't entirely threatened by Jesus. In fact, he's drawn to Jesus and says, surely you are a teacher who has come from God. So Nicodemus can grasp who this Jesus is. What he can't quite grasp or visualize or comprehend is the picture that Jesus is trying to paint of the world he's trying to bring into being because Nicodemus is stuck seeing things through a worldly point of view. And so he asks very worldly questions, over literal questions such as, how can somebody who's old go uh, be born again? Can they crawl back in the mother's womb? But of course, we know that Jesus is speaking of a different kind of birth. He's speaking of the birth of a new way of being and being in relationship. He calls the kingdom of God, not the kingdoms we have built, built here on earth. And Jesus says this uh, new birth must come from water and spirit. Water, we presume, baptism, washing away the old ways. You might say the ways of the world. Sin is a very churchy word used for that. Harmful ways of being, self-serving ways. Washing that away and being born then of spirit, of God, of heavenly ways. In this Sadly, though, is where Christians often get it wrong. I know last week concluded our series in which we examined the ways in which some of the values we've been taught may have been wrong or wrongly understood, but it could have been extended to today. For both Jesus and Paul contrast the flesh with the spirit. And when we hear that, we often hear the flesh, the body, is bad, is wrong, is fallen, and by extension, all the material world. But the spirit, the invisible, the immaterial, that is holy, and so we must disregard one and claim the other. And as a result, over generations, the church has layered on guilt and shame for people about their bodies and what their bodies naturally desire. And it's true, scripture, like many traditions, speaks to the importance of self-control, of right relationship with one's body, of restraint at times in certain activities. And yet, to simply label the body as fallen and as corrupt and as bad and profane in the material world, likewise, is not only misguided, it's plain wrong. And I don't believe it's what Jesus or really Paul is talking about. And I don't equate their terminologies. Jesus speaks of things one way and Paul speaks of them a little bit differently. 
But for each of them, the contrast is not between the material and the immaterial per se, the embodied and the disembodied, but rather the worldly and the heavenly. The values of this world that see things one way, that are self-serving, that are fleeting, and more eternal values that are otherworldly serving, that are not superficial but see below the surface to the heart of things. These are some of the ways in which New Testament scholar Francis Maloney talks about it, at least. And Marianne Borg, whose name might be familiar to you because of her husband, Marcus Borg, but she is a religious leader in her own right, once said, it's like Jesus saw things from the inside out. I love that very simple image because it shows us how Jesus simply wants Nicodemus to see things differently too. Don't look skin deep, but look beneath the surface for the heart of things and what's really going on because that will shift the way you interact with the world around you. How often do we stop at the surface? make judgments of all kinds about people we meet, and then we hear their stories. We get to the heart of things, and it totally shifts the way we experience them. Coming out of this pandemic is a little bit like being born again, being born anew, which leads me to a couple of observations. The first is that the birthing process is very tender. It takes a lot of work to grow from a few cells to a fully formed human baby. And because of that, the womb is a very safe place, a nurturing place where everything you need is provided for you. It's warm, it's protected, it's dark. But then the child is born into this bright, cold, strange, noisy, disconnected world. And not every newborn reacts the same way. Some are raring to go and daring, and others are more cautious or more careful. Some are loud, some are quiet, some are doing well physically, some are sickly. It's not just binaries, there's all kinds of descriptors that accompany any given child. And I wonder if in light of that reality, we could likewise cultivate a little tenderness with ourselves and with one another as each of us is born into this new world again. Maybe not so fast to judge how someone is experiencing their new life. And the second observation is this. Like Nicodemus, we have some choice to make over the way this new birth will be, over the life we will have moving forward. What will the nature of our new life be? Will we stay stuck in the world's way of being in some superficial or hurtful, sinful ways of interacting with ourselves and with others? Or will we be born from above, of spirit, and really, it's not one momentary choice, as important as such declarations can be. It's a thousand little choices made along the way each and every day. 
You know by now that I spend a fair amount of time at Little League games these days. But I witnessed something the other day that made my jaw drop. Uh, the boy was on deck waiting to go bat, and one of the adults, a mother who watches over the dugout, got right down to his level, got in his face, and said, you see that boy over there pointing to the pitcher? He broke into your house and he took all your stuff. Now you get up there and you hit it down his throat. Eight-year-old boy. Teaching him the worst this world has to offer. Teaching probably only what she was taught. What some feel like they have to be taught in order to succeed. But born thoroughly of the flesh of this world, the worst this world has to offer. Contrast that, go back to that same moment, put yourself in those shoes and instead get down to that child's level and say, hey, you ready? You can do it. I'm here for you, I'm cheering for you, we're pulling for you, go get them, I believe in you. And then no matter how it goes, getting back face-to-face -face with that child and saying, hey, you stood in there, I'm proud of you, you did it, no matter how well they did. And if it didn't go well, hey, we'll work on it, you'll get it, I'm not going anywhere, I'm proud of you. A thousand little choices, born of the flesh, born of the spirit, one way of seeing things, another way of seeing things. Sometimes it's the flesh's inadequacy that makes it easier to see the heart of things. And in this case, I actually mean that quite literally. Returning to the image of binge-watching cute animal videos, I saw one the other day of a rescuer who rescued a little freshwater turtle. Teeny, the size of a small coin. The rescuer took it home because it had a hole over its heart. All that was there seemingly was this thin membrane of skin. And so when she swam up against the glass, you could literally see her heart beating every beat. And the rescuer knew it couldn't survive in the wild, so brought it home to a tank, which kept clean and safe, and there the turtle grew from one size coin to another to another, then much bigger than any coin at all. All the while, that heart still beating for the world to see. The rescuer named that little turtle Hope, and there couldn't be a more perfect name, if you ask me. Because my hope coming out of this pandemic is that we might all learn to show the world our heart a little bit. Knowing that there is risk in that, but trusting that it's a risk worth taking, that our, that our love, our heart can be a blessing to the world. Among other things, it will give others a chance to love us in our vulnerability. And similarly, my hope is that we might learn to look and see the ways in which others' vulnerabilities are there for the world to see. 
and to respond in kind, to come and rescue those who need rescue or come alongside those who need accompaniment, to care for in ways individual and systemic for the vulnerable and the vulnerabilities in all, to move through the world and see the world that way as if the heart was always on the surface. Now, wouldn't that make for a decidedly and delightfully new normal? Let's hope. Amen. As we move into our life of the beloved community section, a word of thanks for the many ways in which you've supported this congregation in time, in talent, and in treasure. You can see here on the screen, hopefully by now, ways in which you can give to support the church, whether it's fulfilling a pledge or making a new pledge or simply offering a gift. Thank you for your generosity. A few announcements to highlight. Again, each week on Tuesdays, you can drop off diapers or lunches to be distributed to those in need. See your bulletin or e-news for more information about that or other offerings. We are now doing Sunday school again, which is wonderful news. And so if you were a teacher or would like to become a teacher, we'd love to hear from you so that we can make sure that the teachers can rotate through teaching and have time in worship and that there are enough adults to nurture our children in their faith. Adults need nurture in their faith as well, and there are lots of opportunities for that. One of them is on the first and third Tuesdays of the month at four o'clock right now through Zoom only. We're doing a Bible study that I'm leading. We're starting the book of Matthew this time around. Uh, you can get the link from the member section of the website or just contact me. I'm happy to share it. We'd love to see you there, whether you drop in and out or come each session. Finally, some of you may who are watching this may not know that we are now worshiping in person as well in the sanctuary at 10 o'clock each week. We follow safety precautions. We're all masking still for now, even the speakers and we have the windows and doors open. You need to sign up in advance, but the, the link is right on the homepage and you can sign up, sign up at the door if you show up and have forgotten, we can make that work. And as an exciting part of that, for the first time since the pandemic happened, we'll be having communion in person uh, the first Sunday of June. So you're invited to bring your own elements, a covered beverage and uh, something small to eat. If you forget or don't have anything, we will have pre-packaged materials for you, uh, free of charge, of course, at the door to give you so that you can share in communion. We'll partake in our seats, spread out, remove our masks briefly just to have communion together and then uh, put them back in place. But what a wonderful thing it will be to finally share the sacrament in person. So when it's right for you, we hope to see you back. And with that, let us close our worship with a closing hymn. Upon the mountain, when my Lord spoke, out of God's mouth came fire and smoke. Looked all around me, 
look so fine to lay as my Lord if all was mine. Yes, every time I feel the Spirit moving in my heart, I will pray. Yes, every time I feel the Spirit moving in my heart, I will pray. Jordan River, chilly and cold, it chills the body but not the soul. There is but one train upon this track, it runs to heaven and then right back. Every time I feel the Spirit moving in my heart, I will pray. Yes, every time I feel the Spirit moving in my heart, I will pray. now receive this benediction. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God who is Father and Mother of us all, and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit be with you this day and every day. Amen. Spirit.